welcome to Ed Leader with your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Join Dr. Jackson for conversations and reflections on improving educational leadership from the classroom to the boardroom and beyond. Educational leadership is an ever-evolving opportunity to make a real and lasting difference in the lives of students, parents, and the community. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Ed Leader. I'm your host, Rob Jackson, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. Whether you're listening while driving, exercising, or sitting at your computer, thank you for choosing to spend time thinking with me as we learn with and from outstanding Ed Leaders. Speaking of learning with outstanding Ed Leaders, let's get to it. This is the sixth episode that's been devoted to leading during the coronavirus pandemic. On past episodes, I've spoken to teachers, counselors, chief academic officers, and superintendents. In each of those episodes, those ed leaders were in a one-to-one district, meaning one digital learning device like an iPad, Chromebook, or laptop for each student. Some were one-to-one in only certain grades, and others, like the district I serve, are one-to-one in all grades, kindergarten through 12th grade. Imagine, though, serving in a district that is not a one-to-one district in any grade. Students still need to learn remotely. This challenge is monumental, but today's guest and her team have met that challenge through collaboration, seeking out and using good data, and employing innovative solutions. Solutions so powerful that you may find yourself, like me, wanting to use them. Today's guest is the superintendent of the Lincoln County School System, serving 11,500 students. The district has no state-identified low-performing schools, with over 90% of the schools meeting or exceeding state growth expectations. She is the president-elect of the North Carolina Association of School Administrators and a noted instructional leader in our state. She is my colleague and friend, Dr. Lori Mora. Hi, Lori. Hey, Rob. How are you? I am well. Lori, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I know you are incredibly busy, particularly right now, as we're all trying to get used to this quote-unquote new normal and all the things we've asked all those that we've worked together with to do that are new and novel to them. And so I just really appreciate you spending some time with me today. Well, it is great to be with you, my friend. Always fun to talk and to learn and to work together. Absolutely. And that's really the secret, isn't it, Laura? You and I have have known each other for quite a while, many years, and have had lots of conversations. And I can at least speak for myself. I'm better for it when I can take the time to think with someone and to present things I might be struggling with and hear their great ideas. I feel like I do a better job in those moments. I agree with you. It it is always helpful to have that handful of colleagues that you can call and say, tell me, is this a dumb idea? Is this a good idea? And and move forward together and and really think it through. So I appreciate you and being that person for me. Well, and you're that person for me, Lori, and I just thank you so much. Well, Lori, on March 13th, as you'll recall, it was a Friday. 
we heard our governor share with us that we would continue to be in school despite all the things we were hearing that were happening nationally. Less than 24 hours later on a Saturday, we heard from our governor again that we were closing schools for two weeks and later we would hear we'd be closed for an extended period and then finally closed for the rest of the year. But as you think back to that first announcement that Saturday that schools were gonna be closed for some amount of time, what were your first thoughts and what were your first steps around getting the district ready for this brand new challenge that you had to face? You know, first thoughts, I think like everybody else, was I was shocked and full of a lot of questions, but immediately went into, you know, problem-solving mode and, and gathered my team Sunday afternoon to listen to the DPI webinar and try to get some clarification and some next steps and really start thinking about what would remote learning and what would access to remote learning look like for the kids in Lincoln County Schools. Right. And I heard you say, gathered my team. And Lori, I think, and it kind of goes back to what we started with our conversation in terms of working together. And so we knew that that DPI called Department of Public Instruction in our state on that Sunday afternoon, they'd give us some information, but rather than just listen to it by yourself, you gathered the team together. Absolutely. Our technology director was there as well, because we know in our community that internet access is a barrier for some kids. And as we began to build out our remote learning plan, that was really on the front of everybody's mind. What is that gonna look like? What is that gonna feel like? Because of the geography of this county, in places all across the county, internet access can be a challenge. Absolutely, and that's what we were doing in Edenton as well. We brought the team together and we all listened together and kind of broke it down into the, the big challenges. The challenge certainly around meal delivery and helping feed children, and that wasn't something we'd necessarily done in terms of outside of our school cafeterias. Some districts were challenged with serving emergency child care opportunities, and then for all of us, this challenge around remote learning and that access piece really jumped to the forefront as we began to think about what is possible. Kind of help us peel back the layers a little bit and share with us how you approached that problem of practice in terms of remote learning. The kids won't be in school. How do we address that? And maybe give us a little context for Lincoln County Schools in terms of devices the students may or may not have and kind of a little background and then kind of walk us through your thinking around setting up remote learning. Rob, we are a district of 23 schools, uh, approximately 11,500 kids. We are not a one-to-one -one district. And we knew even though we had made some giant steps in having some of these digital tools in our classrooms, we knew that a lot of our kids didn't have them at home. We're a district that's 48% free and reduced lunch. We also knew a lot of our district did not have access to the internet, whether it was students or staff. So on that first day back, one of the things we had all of our schools do, and this, was, this initiative was led by the principals and the teachers, was call all of the kids and check in with them and say, do you have a device at home? And do you have reliable internet service? And out of those check-in calls with all of our kids, we deduced that across our county, we had approximately 2,000 students wow. and some staff that didn't have reliable internet. 
So that led us to really begin thinking as we began the first phase of remote learning, what does that look like? What does that feel like? And what is that equity piece? And how do we break down that barrier to make sure that no students are left behind because they don't have access to the internet? Because we knew we couldn't do all of our teaching and learning online. We couldn't do it all and expect our kids to access the internet for each and every lesson all the time and every day. I heard you say a couple of things, Lori, and thank you so much for giving us that background. You brought the whole team together. You had this great challenge, and what I heard you say was your initial step was really to, to gather some good data around yes. the surveying, find out what students had access, what students didn't have access, who had devices, who didn't have devices, and then began to move forward. And so you had everybody together. Now we've got the data we need. We're ready to move forward in the circumstances that the district is in. And so what was the next step there in terms of now you know that there's this number of students, I believe you said 2,000 students. What was the step in terms of trying to provide for them? Because they, they weren't coming into the classroom. Right. Still needed to be able to move forward. So the next step became the learning packets. The first phase of our remote learning included a lot of paper packets just because we needed some time to really continue to navigate this internet access issue and figure out how or what can we put in place to help break down those barriers. So our teachers and our leaders, our curriculum instruction department led the way and just worked feverishly to put out some guidance and to put together some learning packet information. It was available to be picked up the first Thursday during that week that we were closed. And then that next day on Friday, we deployed 12 buses out across our community and started delivering those packets to students that we knew had some other barriers and, and weren't able to get to the school. So that first phase really bought us some time, if you will, to be very honest with you, to then think about what are we going to do to continue to go forward to get our kids access and what is this going to look like knowing we couldn't keep making these millions of copies each right. week uh, not knowing how long school would be closed our tech director has always been very forward thinking and he is very well respected across the state and has a circle of peers, much like you and I do, where he is always talking, he's always asking questions, he's always learning, and in collaboration with our assistant superintendent for curriculum, they really came up with the idea that, you know, let's look at providing exterior public Wi-Fi access at our school sites, and so what does that look like? How do we pay for it? What kind of time frame is it going to take to be deployed? And they came together with the other members of their team, with full support from me, Board of Education, and really in a matter of two and a half weeks, moved heaven and earth and made it happen. Wow. So now we have exterior Wi-Fi located on the outsides of each of our school buildings. Those exterior Wi-Fi um, devices are strategically located in parts of the parking lot that have a large common area. And what I mean by that is they might be located next to a gym, they might be located next to a field. By getting those devices that have this wider access 
to beam out the internet, we were able to strategically place those devices. With that, you know, it, it is very similar to like a hotel or a Starbucks. There's an acceptable use policy that you click on when you log on and you accept our parameters. It's something that is very highly monitored. We monitor for appropriateness, for safety, as well as we're starting to monitor the number of users, the number of clients that are hitting on that every day. So we've opened this exterior Wi-Fi access now up every day, seven days a week, from six in the morning to nine o'clock in the evening, knowing that transportation may still be an issue for some, but wanting to give them that opportunity to be able to get to the school and to utilize it. And we've opened this up for the community as well and for our parents, because again, we know some of those folks in their homes don't have access there's a whole philosophical conversation we could really get into in terms of access to the internet and whether or not it should be available to everyone. And I absolutely right. believe that. I know you absolutely. Know well. And the northern end of our county, it doesn't matter how affluent you are, you're not getting high quality internet access. It's just not there. And so continuing to advocate for that, I think is important for all of us and not just educators. You mentioned being able to monitor the users. Have you seen it being used on a pretty frequent basis across the schools? We have already in just two and a half weeks, we have seen very steady utilization. And our schools that are in the Western part of our community, which is where there is the most internet discrepancy because of the lack of service providers, we're seeing them have the highest usage. But again, across our school system, we're seeing this tool being accessed at every school site. And so that's been exciting to see and to really watch this unfold and develop because it just affirms what we know as educators that if you give kids access, they are going to utilize it. And it's now allowing the teachers and, and our second and third phase of our remote learning plan now includes more blended learning approaches and options and tools, not exclusively, again, because we're not a one-on-one -on -one district, but now knowing we've got this online Wi-Fi opportunity across our district for kids. I love it. I happened to see a social media post where someone was driving by one of your schools and outside Wi-Fi access and noticed the number of cars there and come to find out it really wasn't parents or students who were parked there. Who was parked there in that post that they were talking about, Lori? Yeah, and our teachers were parked there. Teachers? And, yes, and we've had, you know, our teachers have the option, like everybody else across the state, to work remotely. We have had a significant amount of our teachers come to our schools just to utilize our Lincoln County Schools Wi-Fi because, again, theirs is not as reliable at home, and if you're trying to do a Zoom meeting with your class or you're trying to do some kind of electronic check-in, you want to make sure you've got the Wi-Fi capacity to do that. And so that's really been a pleasant surprise, really, if you will, to know that our teachers still feel that strongly about meeting the needs of our kids and, and are working remotely and or from school or a little of both. I love it. And you know, it's really, it's that poster child of an example that this Internet access really cuts across all demographics. It cuts across all levels of affluence. I mean, we would 
never say teachers in general are affluent, but teachers in general tend to have more than maybe some other groups might have, but still we have teachers who in their homes don't have access to reliable internet or, or Wi-Fi. And so seeing our teachers in the parking lots, it's kind of an aha. It certainly yeah. has been for me when, when I've come across teachers who were in the parking lot or been a part of some staff meetings and you can tell the teachers in their car outside of one of the schools using the access. They say imitations is the sincerest form of flattery. So I'm about to flatter you, Lori. <laughs> um, I saw the way that your team had put together this map using a picture of the school from above, maybe a Google Earth picture, and then really helped folks locate where on campus that the best access was. And when I saw that, I was extremely impressed. We've tried to advertise ours. I, I want you to know that, that we will be borrowing that from you. We'll give you credit for it. But I just thought that was great in terms of that wayfinding, the picture that was put together, and really anticipating that need from the parents. Absolutely. And, and again, I, I credit our technology department for that really good thinking and making sure that, you know, parents, when we rolled this out, really understood what corner of the building and where do I need to park to have access to this. We communicated this out to our community in a variety of ways. So I'm just really proud of how everyone has come together and really gotten involved and really bought into this and just really have they just done whatever it takes to make sure that, that everybody knows about this, that they have access to it, that it's very clear, that it's very understandable. It's a very easy double-click process, and you're, you're good to go, and, and you're on the exterior Wi-Fi. Like I said, I've just been extremely impressed with the communication around this opportunity for the community, and we'll certainly be borrowing that. We're thinking beyond this pandemic, and certainly I enjoy doing that because I'm looking forward to a time beyond this. This is a time we never could have expected, and I'll look forward to telling about it as an old war story when we're sitting around <laughs> retired one day. But thinking beyond this moment, how do you see using the, the Wi-Fi antennas that you put at the schools? Will they continue to be available to the public? Will you take them down in the future? What do you see as the long-term usage for those? Yeah, we'll continue to leave those up. We'll continue to leave them available because, again, we're not sure what in the grand plan of broadband access is in store for our community. So we don't want to take this gift away now that we've given. But we also know... You know, we've got some more work to do as we continue on this digital literacy journey, whether it's, you know, ongoing training with our teachers and support and professional development, whether it's continuing to look at the latest and the greatest digital tools that they have access to, instructional support opportunities for kids, as well as devices. You know, people think that this really, that one-to-one -one or this remote learning is all about devices. There are so many other layers, as you know, Rob, yes, to yes. this. And we're really trying to be mindful of that. And this technology journey that we've been on, I think really has captured that. And, and you know, while we've taken baby steps, we still know we've got a ways to go. But I, I'm hopeful and I look forward to the future. But I feel very strongly with my instructional background that we've got to take our teachers along with us on this journey and that we have got to provide them that professional development and that support that they need. Because you can't just say to a teacher, 
here's your brand new Chromebook. Go forth and do good things. Right. You're absolutely right. And you know, and we've seen where folks have gotten ahead of themselves and just handed out devices. Yes. And really, in some ways, had to take the devices back because it actually hurt teaching and learning right. if it wasn't done correctly. And so that professional development for teachers and for ed leaders and for you and I is so yes. crucial for us to really understand the best way forward. Well, speaking of that, what are your early thoughts around professional development this summer and getting ready for next school year, knowing that we might have some of this in our future as we go into next school year? Yeah, we're just, I would imagine, like everybody else, just really trying to assess the needs of, of where we are and, and what's going to happen next. But I will tell you something that is on the front of all of our minds with myself and my, and my team is thinking about the social-emotional needs of our students and our staff and what kind of prof ongoing professional development are we going to need as we open back, back school and what is that going to look like, feel like, and we know that it's gonna, we're going to be facing problems and issues that we've never faced before. So we're doing some initial planning and thinking about you know when we bring all of our administrators back to our administrative academy as we call it in that first week that our teachers come back as well as that continued instructional support that they'll that our teachers will get because you know one thing is for certain technology or not nothing will ever take the place of a rock star teacher in the classroom those Absolutely. relationships and that bond they have with kids and that amazing gift that they have when they're teaching in that classroom, right. nothing can ever replace that. And so we want to continue to honor that, but we also want to make sure that we give them all the tools that they need moving forward. Absolutely. You're exactly right. I just want to stand up and shout hallelujah because you are <laughs> absolutely right. And you know, Lori, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, it's taken us some time to just get used to where we are today. I grew up in the South and in the South, we hug and we shake hands and we greet each other physically as we see each other and having to teach myself not to do that, what I've done for the entirety of my life quite literally has been tough. But as we come back together, when our teachers and students come back together, there's going to be an adjustment period back to that to readjusting back to having a, a group of people together because we don't have that now. And so reestablishing that, I can see a need for a lot of social emotional support for our students and teachers. And so kudos to you and your team for really thinking through that and preparing for that because that's going to be important work for all of us. Well, and you know, I, I spent some time earlier this week talking to the seniors on my superintendent's advisory council about graduation. And the one thing I heard from them loud and clear is we miss each other and we can't wait to get back together. So please, whatever form graduation is going to take, we just want to be together one last time. And, you know, if you think about graduation in the end of May, early June, you know, that could be three, three and a half months for those seniors. But then you fast forward to next fall, we begin school in August or September. We're coming on six months that kids and adults haven't been together. And, and, you know, I worry about those kids that are home now with little to no supervision that are out on the streets and, and are really fending for themselves. And, you know, what's going to happen when they have to get up on a schedule and have a routine and listen to a 20 minute lesson and then be expected to pay attention and listen. So 
there are just so many things to consider. When people ask me what's keeping you up at night as a superintendent, that's what's keeping me up is just worrying about these kids and, and what is it going to look like when we all finally get to come back together and, and how do we support our kids and our teachers to make sure that we all feel good and we all can be successful because this is an emotional time. It's a scary time. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Well, Lori, I read on your school systems website and I'll link it in our show notes so others can find it, but Lincoln County Schools has a set of beliefs and one of those statements of belief says, and I'm reading right from the website, we are innovative in our approach to teaching and learning using all resources to enable each student to achieve in all curricular areas. It is apparent to me as I knew it would be that your school system under your leadership is absolutely being innovative in this moment and approaching teaching and learning in the context and using every resource you have and finding new resources. And so credit to you and my great compliments to you, my friend, Lori, I just appreciate all that you've done for me and sharing good advice and thinking with me. And I certainly appreciate you spending time with me today. Thank you, my friend. Well, thank you, Rob. It's been fun to talk to you. And, and, you know, it's always fun to brag about your district and to really promote all the great things that are happening because like so many other districts, you know, we are so fortunate here. We have such committed educators and we really are a great example. This exterior public Wi-Fi access is a really great example of the district, the community, leadership, really coming together with that common goal of how is this going to impact kids and, and what can we do to best serve our and support our kids. And I, I'm just really grateful every day just to be here and to be part of the school system. Well, I dare say it's amazing work and there will be many who are employing the LCS method <laughs> of exterior Wi-Fi. And I can promise you there's at least one district that will be using very similar maps in a very quick fashion so that we can share with our folks where on our campuses they can access the Wi-Fi. So again, my friend, kudos to you and thank you for the time. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Take care. Thank you. you enjoyed our time with Dr. Morrow. If you'd like to learn more technical details about their exterior Wi-Fi setup, my friend Mebin Rash, editor of EdNC, wrote an in-depth article all about it. I'll provide a link to that article in the show notes at drrobjackson.com. Thank you for spending time with me today, and thank you for all that you do for every student, every teacher, and every staff member. You are making a difference. If no one else has told you, I want you to know that I believe in you. Good day. Thank you for listening to the Ad Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ed Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.